Welcome back to another episode of Q&A with Father Jay. I am your co-host, the man on fire, John Sablon. And with me, as usual, or it wouldn't be a show, is my good priest friend, Father Jay Mello. Hey, Father. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? I am doing well, doing well. Uh, All things considering, right, we're in the midst of some really strange times and some interesting times as we were speaking about as we were getting ready for this episode. Um, But, you know, cannot complain, Father, cannot complain. Um, You know, God is good. Um, My family is good. We're healthy. We're safe. Um, And uh, that's that's more than we can ask for at this moment. How about you? Um, Strange times. Uh, certainly. You, you, you affected by them over in California as well? Yes. Yes. But are we talking about the coronavirus or Tom Brady being <laughs> traded to the... Because that's really the biggest, biggest yeah. struggle we're having right here in the Northeast right now. But, Is it, I, it never fails, Father. Every time we talk, we, can, we, we always got to bring up Tom Brady or the Patriots or something going on over there. <laughs> well, it's, it's tough when you, know, you get the greatest sports team, the greatest athletes in the world. In your backyard. Uh, uh, no, they, they, uh, they're very, very strange times and uh, very crazy times for us, certainly as, um, as Catholics to you know, be finishing the Lenten season uh, and getting into Holy Week and uh, the Sacred Triduum and not being able to go to Mass, not being able to uh, receive the sacraments, participate in all the great traditions that are part of, of who we are. Uh, and so there's really great sadness with that for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I think that's part of the reason why we wanted to get together and obviously uh, put together another episode really to kind of, you know, lend some hope and encouragement, but just even just another resource of, uh, voices, uh, amidst this, uh, this crisis and what seems as to be some very uncertain and, and, uh, unstable times. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up, you know, first and foremost, Father, is uh, some of the things, creative ways you've been doing that in your environment, because, you know, it's it's interesting that being in this quarantine and this self-isolation, um, I've actually really taken advantage of that in my own home and just being completely somewhat, I would say, 96% disconnected from everything going on in the world, um, which is a lot of the same old thing. Um, but you know, I go, I go back online and I see there's this crazy priest out there flying, you know, the monstrance all around, uh, the Northeast <laughs> over there. And, uh, as I, I was, as I was messaging you, uh, you know, getting ready to try to get on the calendar to record another one. It's just like, man, I, I, I close my eyes to social media for a second. I come back on and you're all over the place, whether it be Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, you know, different articles by our Sunday visitor. So, you know, um, let's talk about that for a little bit. Cause I, you know, bringing light to the moment of darkness, um, I think, which is what you were really trying to do is uh, sure. finding it within your own uh, sacred office to try to do something in the midst of this pandemic. Can you speak to that, Father? Yeah, it, obviously, this is affecting all of us in very different ways. Um, it's certainly enough for us as priests, but like you, I mean, 96, 97 percent of what we do has been affected by this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in one sense, it's been a, a great silver lining to all of this. Certainly in my own life, it's become like a, a month-long retreat where all the things that I say all the time, I wish I had more time to pray, I wish I had more time to exercise, I wish I had more time to read. Well, now I have that time. You know, and so, you know, the importance of maintaining a, a regular routine of getting up the same time, of, mm-hmm. uh, praying at the same time, it's, it's really been a blessed time. You know, I've read, you know, four or five books already, um, getting to bed at a better time. 
but it's also given me an opportunity to reflect upon what is my responsibility, what is my role, what is my job as a priest? Um, because a lot of what I do on a day-to-day basis in normal circumstances is administrative, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the going to the office, the meeting with people, uh, the, um, and then the sacramental part of life, you know, funerals, baptisms, weddings, preparations for those things, running a school, um, but making sure everything runs properly at two parishes and school. Um, and all those things have been taken away. Mm-hmm. So I'm really living my priesthood in a very different way. But being reminded in my time in prayer that one of the biggest responsibilities of the priest is to bring hope to God's people mm-hmm. and to help God's people keep their eyes focused on him amidst all the other things going on in the world, all the other noise, all the other suffering. How do we stay focused on Jesus Christ? And in the simple reminder that we all have moments of Good Friday in our life. Mm-hmm. And right now, collectively, as like humanity, we are experiencing that. But Easter Sunday always follows Good Friday, that God will bring good out of this, that mm-hmm. the light of the gospel will shine through, mm-hmm. that whatever the, the suffering, the circumstances, the isolation, the sadness that we're experiencing, the joy of the gospel will be victorious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do I do that as a priest where I really can't have a physical contact with my people. I mean, one of the saddest things are funerals, right? Mm-hmm. When um, people lose a loved one, they're filled with grief, sadness, pain. Um, and the Catholic funeral liturgy is so, so beautiful mm-hmm. and, and really meant to, obviously we're praying for the repose of the person who died, praying for their soul. But it's also meant to be a source of consolation, peace for the family, you know, from the wake where we are, you know, embracing uh, the, the the family who've just lost loved one, we're looking at photos, we're hugging, or you know, we're there with them, um, supporting them to the, the funeral mass and all the, the great rites and symbols of that in the burial. It is so painful um, when, when people are losing loved ones not to be able to to do that with them, to pray with them in such a way. And we've been reduced here to just graveside services. And even that, it's limited to 10 people who are spread out all over a section of the cemetery. Um, so there are moments of this that are really sad that perhaps we may not even be thinking about. But to get back to, to your question, you know, I've been trying to think of how, how do I, as a pastor, as a spiritual father of my community, uh, keep their eyes focused on Christ? How do I bring hope and, and joy? Um, and, you know, really that, that, that sense of, a deep sense of connection to our faith, to my people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of those ways was a, um, a couple of weeks ago, one of my priest friends uh, was talking to a parishioner who just happens to have a small four-passenger plane. And he said, why don't we fly around the diocese with the Blessed Sacrament? You know, asking um, God's protection, asking, you know, over doctors and nurses, over all of our people, uh, asking for healing for those who may be sick. But, you know, thinking about moments in, in which um, that has been done. You know, we think clearly of, of St. Clair when Assisi was being attacked and, and took the monstrance and, and held it at the, the window of her convent, mm-hmm. you know, to, to protect. So this is nothing new. We're not being 
you know, all that creative. Uh, and I don't even think we were the first ones to do it here in the States. Um, my, my priest friend, uh, a buddy of mine here in the diocese, I guess saw a priest, maybe in New Jersey, who, who did this uh, a couple days earlier. Mm. Um, so he said to me, do you want to go up? And I said, sure. Um, and so, I mean, it's, you know, we're trying to be creative, but also trying to get the message out. So we went Facebook Live, which is a little awkward. You know, my buddy's holding the monsters, the Blessed Sacrament, and, and I'm on Facebook Live. You know, it's not ideal. Uh, it's not what we kind of would normally want to do and trying to be reverent, trying to, you know, not treat it as, you know, just a symbol, but it is our Lord himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got on the plane and he and I were in the back and then two pilots up front and we just circled uh, all of southeastern Massachusetts. Um, so all of Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket. I think my stomach is still somewhere over Nantucket <laughs> or the Atlantic Ocean. Um those little four passenger planes, you feel everything. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, there were a couple of moments I was holding really tight. Jesus. <laughs> this is, uh, anyway. um, yeah. But it was, um, you know, we did. We got, we got a lot of positive support. You know, some uh, news agencies picked it up. But, you know, we weren't doing it for publicity. Uh, we were doing it, you know, um, and it's tough. I mean, I, I get it. Like, you know, I had one priest you know, different part of the country had commented, you know, what an awful publicity stunt. And I was just like, I, I get how some people would, you know, think that or wouldn't approve of it, you know, but these are times where you know, nothing's normal and, and we're all doing our best. Um, and then I you know, want to presume good intentions with everybody. You know, we're trying right. our best to, uh, to bring joy to people. Um, and so this is one of the things that, that we did. And, uh, it was, a, it was a great experience. It was a very prayerful experience, um, you know, just to be, you know, sitting in the back of a plane holding a monstrance, holding our Lord, and we took turns uh, holding the monstrance. Um, mm. You know, he was holding, I was praying the rosary, uh, I was holding it, and, and he was praying uh, other prayers and deliverance and protection. Mm. Um, so it was really a, a very uh, spiritually beneficial moment for, for me uh, in that. Uh, so that's just one of the ways in which we did it. Um, and then, obviously, this past week we had Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. and you know they're they're palms, right? They're branches. You know, I, I get it. Um, but for a lot of people, it, it is a, it's a it's a beautiful uh, and powerful symbol of their faith. Mm-hmm. And they wanted palms, um, and I get it. Like people, they want the Eucharist too. Like a lot of my Christians are, are heartbroken that the bishops have, uh, at least our bishop here, is not allowed as, as many bishops have people to receive Holy Communion. I'm like, how do I? He'll give out palm because the governor of Rhode Island, the next state over, said they are forbidden. You know, the priests were not allowed to give out palms, not even the most creative of ways, you know, just totally uh, forbidden. Mm. So I was like, how do you do it here? So I've got a, uh, a friend of mine who's a retired uh, fire chief uh, who does a lot of uh, safety stuff at the local college. Um, he's like, Let's, what are we going to do here? Like, we still need to get people their palms. So you got us all the protective gear. Um, you know, so I had a, a, a mask on and gloves, and I was just in my, my cassock surplus and my Beretta. He, he was a little more geared up. He had the gown on, the goggles on. He, he was really uh, uh, 100% into it. But we gave up palms for, for two hours. I gave out almost 1,500 palms to people oh. driving by. And I had asked them to um, bring with them. So we use uh, flock note. Uh, way of emailing all of our parishioners and parents at school and religious ed mm-hmm. um, and through my social media, you know, just kind of talking about what we're doing and 
I said to people, I, I want you to bring one thing with you. You know, and so many people are thinking, oh, well, I was going to ask us for our, our collection envelopes, so the budget envelopes. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not what I want at all. Uh, I want you to write down your prayer intentions. You know, awesome. write down, um, you know, the people in your life who are sick, the concerns you have, the fears, the worries, the anxieties. Write down your prayers. I will take them. Uh, I'll read through them all, do an individual prayer for each of them. And then I'll put them in a basket and sitting in front of the altar in my private chapel here in the house in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And they, and they stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just it was a great way to connect with the people, to listen to what is on their heart, on their mind, mm-hmm. uh, what concerns them. And, and I think of, you know, the, um, that, that beautiful poem of, of the priest, of, of what does it mean to be a priest? It's like daily to go from, from man to God, you know, bringing all of their prayers, their intercessions. Um, and so it's been really a beautiful experience for me to do that. Um, and that's why I think I collected like three baskets full of uh, notes. And, you know, some people give me pictures of their loved ones. People give me prayer cards of loved ones who have died. Other people uh, wrote notes down. Uh, there's one woman who totally forgot to do it and wrote it, wrote her prayers on the back of a Dunkin' Donuts napkin. I'm like, I don't <laughs> care like, what they look like. They're just going in a basket. You know, uh, more simple, the better, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then one of the things that I'm going to do uh, tomorrow is I'm going to take all of those prayers um, with me, and I'm going to put them in my backpack. We have a tradition out here that perhaps you've never heard of. Um, back in the, the Azores, the, the islands off the coast of Portugal, mm-hmm. where a lot of my Christians are from, in the island of San Miguel, uh, the tradition was back to the 1700s uh, when there were earthquakes that were threatening the island. And so people made pilgrimage from village to village, and each village has their own parish church. And they would go praying in front of each church throughout the whole island for protection and for safety. And so that tradition has been going on here in, in my diocese for, for a very long time, where people on Good Friday uh, will start at one church and they will walk to all the different churches in the city um, praying for their loved ones. And it's a beautiful site. They, they dress up in ancient, or it's a, well, not ancient, but um, the, the garb that people would have worn in the mm-hmm. 1700s. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have scarves and um, shawls that they wear, and they carry like a shepherd's stick. And they walk um, singing and praying. And there's usually about three or 400 of them that gather every Good Friday. Uh-huh. Um, and so I welcome them. Uh, and steps to my church. They come in the church. They pray. I give them a blessing. We'll talk. Then we feed them. Then they walk over to my other church, give another blessing. We don't feed them a second time. But uh, <laughs> and then they and they continue uh, walking through the whole city. So it's a 14 mile walk from one end to to the other, just just here in the city. Wow. Um, but I can never go because I I greet them at each church, and then I have that station of the cross, and then the Good Friday service at one parish, and at the other. But this year, because all of those public celebrations have been canceled uh this year i'm going to make the walk so i'm going to leave tomorrow morning uh, at eight o'clock and walk to all the different churches uh, and i'm going to carry all those um those prayer intentions with me praying for for my people uh participating in this this ancient tradition of of the portuguese people so just a couple of uh different things that i'm trying to do here uh in my own parish um obviously a lot of social media stuff, a lot of quick two minute videos, um, a lot of, you know, articles posting, trying to use the time to catechize, evangelize people. Yeah. But yeah. We're doing our best to try to keep people joyful, 
Um, you know, try to post some funny memes in there too, uh, <laughs> get people laughing, um, because they are stressful times for a lot of folks, right? Oh yeah. yeah. They, they, especially parents of young kids who are trying to work from home, trying to be a homeschool mom or dad, kids are locked in, you know, the weather's not been great out here. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it's stressful for a lot of people for sure. Yeah. We're stripped of a lot of our comforts and our, 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 you know, normal way of doing things. And so, and, and again, you know, you have people that are going through some material loss and different other things that are contributing to all of that. So I wanted to at least spend the, the, the last part of this segment with you, father, just talking about, you know, because of, uh, we are uh, not able to, uh, get access to the sacraments, the mass, and yet we are celebrating, right, the the, the climax for us as Christians, as Catholics, uh, when it comes to Easter, uh, you know, the Easter season, uh, Easter day, Easter Sunday itself. And, you know, by the time people are listening, you'll, you'll probably be on your, your trek and your walk tomorrow by the time this gets out to folks. But this will be re- released on Good Friday. Um, and that's at least my intent. And um, we would have been obviously halfway through and are almost there to Easter Sunday. And then we'll get into the Easter season. And we don't know how long this is all going to take. It's not going to take us all the way through the Pentecost season. We just don't know. So what are some, some I guess, tips, um, some encouragement that you can offer us as the faithful that are struggling without the sacraments, without the access, as we kind of enter into these, these most holiest seasons for us as Catholics to just kind of stay connected Stay faithful, stay prayerful, stay positive during this pandemic, uh, you know, stage we're in. Yeah, uh, one of the things I was thinking of, and I, I made a quick little video of this the other day. Um, I had a person say to me the other day, Father, you know, the the president saying, the governor saying that the next two weeks, you know, especially this week that we're in right now, is going to be one of the the most difficult weeks, and it's obviously it's Holy Week for us, and we can't go to. The church, what are we to do? And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, this is a pretty difficult week for Jesus, our Blessed Mother, and the Apostles, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it really provides us a wonderful opportunity. Uh, this should really be uh, the opportunity that all of us have for, the, for that retreat, for doing those things that we wish we had time to do. We're obviously spending more time with our families. Uh, it's so beautiful to hear families say, you know, we're so busy running from sports to events that we're eating dinner in the car. But how great is that we spend dinner around the table together? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, something as simple as that, of, you know, really cherishing those things and making the resolution to say, you know what, we're going to go back to our busy lives at some point. But what are the things that are real priorities for us? Um, and especially as a family, right, I think that that, that can be um, a great opportunity to say, what are, what are the things that we really want to work on and maintain mm-hmm. that this isolation, this time of, of quarantine has taught us? Um, the other thing, is it teaches us, I think, to not take the sacraments or our faith or the church or our parish for granted, right? I mean, we've been very blessed in this country that none of us have ever experienced not being able to get what we want or what we need when we want it, when we need it. Mm -hmm. Um, But how many Christians throughout Africa, South America, different parts of Eastern Europe or wherever don't have what we have? I mean, here in, in my city, it's like, tell people how spoiled we are. I mean, there are churches literally on every corner. I, I mean, um, you can go to Mass all sorts of times. Like, there are some people who drive an hour to get to Mass on Sunday. We would never think of that here mm-hmm. because we've, we've been spoiled and our faith has been easy. Well, now that we don't have it, um, does it give us the opportunity to say, have I taken my faith for granted? 
Um, and how do I use this time now to cultivate that hunger or that thirst for the Eucharist, for confession, for anointing, for just the thought of having my priest, my parish, the church present when I need them, when someone's sick and dying or when someone has died. I mean, I've had to move uh, four baptisms and two weddings already, and it's heartbreaking, especially for weddings, right? Mm -hmm. We know how much effort goes into uh, to all of those. Um, you know, so now you got Bridezilla with a quarantine. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, no, I mean, just, I, but you know, and not that it's easy to move baptisms, but we may have to move first communions and confirmations as well. And it obviously affects a lot of people's lives, but life will go on. We will still have those celebrations at some point. There'll be beautiful celebrations. Um, but it really, this whole experience becomes for us all a very personal Holy Week. Think of, of what those apostles experienced. It was isolation. You think of the events of after Holy Thursday night when Jesus gets arrested mm -hmm. and as they're watching him being, you know, mocked and scourged and carrying his cross, and they all take off because they're scared. They don't know what the future is. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of pain. Um, and this is happening before their very eyes. I mean, it's easy for us. We know the end of the story. Mm -hmm. We know he rises on Easter Sunday. We know he establishes the church. We know he gives us the Holy Spirit. We, we know all of that. That's right. Um, but now it's different. And, and so we all have, I think right now, we all have to take a little more ownership of our faith. How do we be creative in establishing our own domestic church, our own church at home. I'm not saying that, you know, we, we build chapels in our home, but we should have a prayer space mm -hmm. spot that is set aside for something sacred. You know, we should have a set time where we're going to watch mass together as a family, not just sort of like, okay, I'm going to be folding laundry or, you know, playing my phone as I'm listening to mass on TV, mm -hmm. but to say, how do, how do we really engage in this? Mm -hmm. You know, do we, do we stand when Mass begins? Do we sing the, the hymns? Do we respond and with your spirit and amen and, and the holy, holy and the Lamb of God? And do we kneel for the consecration? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, just because it's our home doesn't mean that we should participate any less reverently. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think doing this together as a family, uh, and, and I've been so edified. Uh, every Sunday, uh, family sending me photos of their kids kneeling in front of the TV. Um, one day we had a technology glitch and we were recording from my phone and I was holding the phone the wrong way. So it got transmitted sideways. <laughs> so they're all, you know, people who are watching it, you know, on their TV or something, it's a sideways math. Um, but you know, I think we have to be patient with one another. We have to, um, understand these are not ideal times, but we also need to, uh, not get too used to watching math in our pajamas either, mm -hmm. uh, because this will not last forever. Mm -hmm. We will be back and we have to get back to normal. Um, but there's a lot of lessons our Lord is teaching us here. Um, and I think it's providential that it's during Lent mm -hmm. because Lent we're, we're, we're invited to, to make sacrifice. We're invited to, to give things up willingly. And now so many things, our comforts were stripped away from us. And what is our Lord teaching, teaching us there? He is teaching us to rely on him and not all these other things of the world that don't matter. And I, so I think this is really a blessed time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Losing I think... Tom Brady is not blessed, <laughs> but the rest of it truly is. <laughs> well, there's your cross for at least this Lent, Father. 
is you know you just had to yes, learn. I'm gonna have to be a, I'm gonna have to be a Tampa Bay fan. I get it. <laughs> Oh gosh, I don't even think that even sounds right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think um, just to kind of to echo what you said, I think um, we would be um, it would be such uh, a loss if we did not embrace this cross during this season of being stripped of all of our comforts, um, most especially being stripped of the sacraments and what we know to be. Um, you know, the sustenance of our faith, especially when it comes to, to some of your key sacraments, like the sacrament of reconciliation or the, of obviously Holy Communion in the Mass, which is the highest form of prayer for us. But, you know, it would be such a, a wasted moment um, if we just left that cross on the floor, on the ground and didn't pick that up. And so I would just echo what Father is saying, and especially for those of you who who are in the, the the family life and the married vocation and and to, to focus on your domestic church and to build sacred spaces and to or at least uh you know enhance and upgrade your sacred spaces that's what we're doing in the Sablon home is um is you know realizing just how much we not that we intentionally necessarily took the things that we had for granted um but boy do we miss it and boy do uh you know we're gonna we're gonna hit the ground running and and even more, uh, with more fervor and zeal for our faith once we get back to whatever the new normal looks like, but definitely back to the sacraments. And I would say, as Father, you pointed out, you know, that that, that routine is so key, that if, if for those of us who are at home, um, the devil is going to be in our ear and tempting us to get to grow in despair and discouragement and to really just be idle during this most critical time. And if you're not um, setting some structure and bringing order to your life, if you're not building uh, good habits, which are virtues in and of themselves. Um, so that way, when things get back to some state of normal um, with regards to, you know, work life and um, outside of the home and family life outside of the home and specifically faith life in the in the context of our parish communities and in our diocese, um, then we're, we're going to we're going to be caught flat footed. We're going to be caught uh, so far behind the eight ball. So do not waste this time. Um, let us cling to the cross. Let us, uh, let us, you know, find out for each of us what God is, what's his message for us, not just as a world and community, because I do believe, um, you know, uh, the, the Lord, nothing happens outside of God's permissive will, right, Father? So there is a message we yeah. should be getting um, during this time, but specifically to ourselves, right? Like what is, uh, what is God saying to Father Jay? What is God saying to John Sablon and fill in the blank, you know, Sally, Michael, whoever you may be out there, that what is God really speaking to you during this time of quarantine, during this time in the desert, during this time of um, really reflection and introspection on what really matters in life? Would you agree, Father? Absolutely, 100%. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, Father, I do appreciate, um, you know, always our time together. It's always fun catching up with you and, uh, you know, talking about uh, all things faith and life, um, but also appreciate your just your your desire to to be a spiritual father and to feed uh, the flock that's under your care and all for all of us, right? I think the beauty about having being in a social media type world, one of the positive things is that you have a, a reach far beyond your own parish community and your own diocese. So um, what you're doing all the way on the other side of the country is not being missed here in um, the crazy state of California. Um, it is, it is inspiring. Um, and you know, so funny as I shared, you know, your Palm Sunday, uh, you know, uh, 
post and you know people are like where is this at as if it's somewhere close by you know and i'm just like oh well if you feel like driving three thousand miles <laughs> to uh to go visit him you can but he probably will be out of palms and it'll probably be uh pentecost so um don't worry about it but <laughs> But uh, Father, thank you so much for your priesthood and for your uh, your faithfulness and for trying to figure out creative ways to feed us. So um, the last thing I will ask, as usual, is to get your blessing as uh, upon all upon myself and all of the listeners, if you will. Sure. Through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, all the angels and saints, uh, may Almighty God bless each of you and your families. May he keep you healthy and safe. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, thanks so much. And for those of you that are listening, we, you know, are grateful for your time. We uh, definitely wish you and yours a most blessed uh, rest of the tritium and uh, Easter season. We just ask that you continue to be prayerful and faithful and anything that Father Jay or I can do, we are here for you. So let us know. Please remember to like, subscribe, follow us, rate us, and uh, more than anything, pray for us. May God bless you and keep you. And uh, we'll see you next time on Q&A with Father Jay.